you. But yeah. uh, Jay's quite quite the exception there. And so he, I gave him the 10 second elevator pitch and he looks at me and says, he says, I got 2 million YouTube followers. We really got to get you into the garage. Wow. Uh, it all kind of came together kind of last minute. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I got to spend a little bit of time with Jay uh, privately and talk to him about stuff. And uh, just, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Everything you can imagine, especially, you know, you know spending time with him in private, whatever have you, is true. We introduce regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, here we're back for another great interview episode. And uh, before we do that, I'm going to chat a little bit here with Chris. And, you know, it, it, Chris, it, it dawned on me that we all love buying upgrades for our Jeep. And some are expensive and some slightly less so. But there's an upgrade that is free. Do I have your attention, Chris? Do you know what, what I'm talking about here? What, a free upgrade for your Jeep? I do. I do. <laughs> you can install the Jeep Talk Show in your Jeep four days a week. That's an hour, at least an hour's of a great Jeep Talk Show entertainment Tuesday through Friday. And I'm Chris, and I just got back from SEMA, and it was on fire. <laughs> hope you weren't. Hope you weren't the arsonist that started it. <laughs> yeah. I'm Tony, and I've wanted a fire extinguisher in my Jeep for a long time, but I hated buying something expensive that expires. You know, I may have found the solution. You know, Chris, it's really not its really not a good excuse not to have a fire extinguisher in any vehicle or your house because you never know when a fire is going to break out. And then when you go, yeah, but I've been saving all that money on not buying uh, these expensive fire extinguishers that just expire and, and I never get to use. So really, my advice to you, and I'm sure yours is as well, Chris, is that you buy that fire extinguisher, but we may have a better alternative now for something that doesn't expire. Yes, and also looks cool on the roll bar or under the seat or wherever you want to uh, mount it. People would think uh, it looks like a road flare, an oversized road flare. But we'll we'll talk yes. more about that here in a bit. So uh, now, now, uh, Chris, I got to say, I'm a bit jealous. You were able to go to SEMA this year, and of course, you went out there donning all of the Jeep Talk Show garb, the the Jeep Talk Show red hat and the Jeep Talk Show red polo uh, with the uh, the same logo that was on the hat. Uh, how'd that go? It was great. It was a great opportunity. Uh, so thanks for helping me with that. And uh, I was only there for one day, but that's okay. Uh, you could spend a whole week there. I know we got to meet with Chuck um, and uh, spent some time with Chuck. Got to meet Chuck in person. Also met with uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. And I know Larry uh, Jeeping Mo was out there, I believe on Thursday. And again, I was there for the one day. Larry was there the next day. But uh, yeah, it was just a great, great opportunity to meet uh, meet. You know, previous guests, uh, future guests uh, that'll be on the interview episode, 
um, met, uh, got to meet Matt and the Matt's off-road recovery team, got to see the golden nugget, got to see the, uh, the world's largest off-road wrecker in process and, uh, um, saw, uh, uh is it Brittany, Brittany and, uh, Kevin from Lightbright. Uh, I talked to them. They may be a upcoming, uh, interview, um, uh, interview folks and uh tom zelinsky who'd been on with us and uh, jim morrison i uh, didn't find jim at the show but i uh, met with tom and uh ken uh, from tyree lighting as well yep yep uh it had a great conversation recently with ken and uh it was funny uh he actually related some uh some seinfeld uh stuff to me and i knew exactly what he was talking about so uh ken's a big seinfeld fan as well <laughs> and, he, and he shared with me that he's actually uh been to several um uh, performances uh, by Jerry Seinfeld. One uh, that he went to was right about the time that Seinfeld was uh, the, the show was getting big, and uh, I, I said, "Oh God, I bet you those tickets were expensive." And uh, not so much. Would you would you spend one hundred and thirty bucks to to sit and listen to uh, Seinfeld do his spiel for I don't know uh, I don't know how long his sets are, but uh, I, I think that would have been just. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Have been for years. I was oh, a Seinfeld fan before he did the show. Just seeing him on uh, Johnny Carson, uh, and yes. uh, just very, very funny. Yes, yes. No, and uh, Jerry, Jerry's a car guy. I think he's a Porsche guy, so I don't know. We'll have to uh, see if he's got any Jeeps in his stable one of these days. Well, this is one of the things I was telling Ken uh, watching uh, comedians uh, in uh, cars getting coffee. I think it was the Jimmy Fallon episode, uh, and he actually took Jimmy Fallon out uh, and uh, in a, a Land Rover, and he had this small little boat that was it would be best called a dinghy that he was hauling behind his Land Rover. And this was his perfect personal Land Rover and little boat. And this is something he didn't normally show, but he thought this was very fitting for Fallon. And, uh, uh I think Fallon said something about, you know, I think he was like, Oh, out, you know, like you wouldn't expect that from the Porsche guy. Right. So exactly. I, and I think he said something to, to Jerry and Jerry says, well, it doesn't go fast, but it goes anywhere. And I went, son of a bitch, this guy is an off-roader. He knows, yeah. he knows about, uh, the, the, the value of off-road vehicles and, uh, damn it. If that was a Jeep that he was driving, we could have had him uh, do an interview on the show, but sorry, Jerry, um, you know, Land Rover is not a Jeep. I know, I know Jerry's broken up about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me some more about SEMA. How did uh, uh, you were only there the day, but you, uh, I, I heard you were very busy there. Yes. Yeah. Busy. I uh, met, uh, met with several, uh, several companies. I uh, saw the Quadratech uh, booth and the, uh, the build that Greg Henderson uh, unofficial use only did the, uh, I guess I'd learned it. It's now JTE. called the JTE. Yeah. Yes. The JTE. And there's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful, uh, uh, build that Greg did there and just a little inside baseball. I had the opportunity earlier in the year to visit Greg's shop and to see the JTE and construction, uh, and process. So it was just really cool to have that reference point and see it, uh, with, uh, with all the Quadratech goodies and the Quadratech booth. Talk to the folks at Quadratech as well. Um, uh, talk to, uh, uh, decked, uh, products, uh, speaking of gladiators that they make a, a, a bed solution for gladiators i know they're going to be a, an upcoming guest uh on the uh, the interview episode um saw ken from tyree lighting saw the tyree lighting as well as maximus three they were co-located in the booth there uh so a lot of neat product uh the overland there's too many companies to uh to remember but uh skinny guy trailers uh there be an upcoming uh, guest uh, justin from skinny guy trailers fellow fellow michigander so give a shout out to him and uh, their company they're working on a uh a uh 
a bed uh, solution for the Gladiator, uh, which uh, looks looks really neat. So, uh, just the Overland was really impressive. Uh, the, the and uh, also uh, um, the folks at uh, Truck Hero, which are is the parent to Omix Ada, as well as Rugged Ridge, and uh, met with their uh, marketing VP Mary, I believe was her name. I uh, just saw some really neat products, and it was fun uh, learning from Chuck about the old Jeeps as he's uh, always uh, sharing his knowledge on the show. But uh, Omix Ada still has some new old stock uh, CJ2, CJ3 products available for sale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you got to meet – we haven't aired the the interview yet, but, uh, but Julianne from uh, Wrangler Her – uh, was there? You got to meet with her. This is uh, this wasn't your first meeting. You actually, I think, think you actually met up with her for the first time at the uh, at Tom Zelensky's uh, Forefest event. Which which Forefest event was that? I forget uh, the the location. Forefest Detroit. Detroit. So yeah, that makes sense because that's event, close yes. to you. Yeah, and uh, you got to meet her there, and uh, you saw her at uh, at SEMA. Did a little a, a good selfie with her and uh, uh, Tara with. Uh, and I always say this wrong because I always want to say Virgo, but it's uh, Virago. Uh, Virago G- JKE, yeah, yes, JK. yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was neat uh, meeting uh, meeting Tara and uh, seeing uh, Julianne again, and seeing Julianne's uh, uh, Jeep there with the uh, custom cat skin leather interior. I know we're uh, working on getting cat skin on the show. Is it really uh, so cat skin or calf skin? It's cat skin, K A T S K I N. So, because uh, yeah, I'm thinking, oh my god, that's that's yeah. gonna go go over very well with uh, pet lovers. <laughs> yeah, that would that would. Now that you mention that, that would upset a few people. I mean, I'm not a cat person myself, but I I understand the uh, the uh, the. Oh, uh, cats are great. Um, I love cats. Cats are fun. They're not dogs, but they're 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 fun in a different way. Yes, yes. So it was uh, neat there. And also uh, Sprintex Superchargers met with them. And I met with them previous at uh, Toledo Jeep Fest. Uh, but uh, Julianne's got a new Sprintex uh, Supercharger on her JK. So that's, a, I think, a good solution. A little spendy, but a little more practical to do in your driveway than a, than a Hemi swap for anybody oh, God, that's got a JK yes. or a JL. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Well, I'll have to find out how that uh, how that's working out for her. That sounds, uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, it's always fun when you get more power. You, that, that, that Tim Allen grunt to your, uh, to your Jeep. Yes, yeah, more power. I can't do the grunt, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, any, any uh, big meets uh, of anybody out there, somebody uh, that you met for the first time? Oh, you, you met with, uh, with Matt from uh, Matt, Matt's Off-Road Recovery, didn't you? I did. That was just cool, but personally to, to meet Matt and uh, Hefe or Jeff, but uh, Hefe and then saw the team there. Uh, they were doing some uh, some photo uh, photo shoots and saw Ed. If in, anybody familiar with Matt's channel, uh, Ed was uh, taking a rest on a chair there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was neat to to meet Matt. Chuck and I and Bob got a picture with Matt, and mm-hmm. uh, Matt's uh, um, open to being a guest again uh, in the future. Oh, good. Twenty twenty three, and uh, so uh, <laughs> I did uh, just uh, watch. Uh, matt's latest video about sema and uh we need to remember to ask matt after he's done with the world's largest off-road wrecker he's doing a one-ton yj and uh, he was mounting the i think they're 37s uh on the wheels uh for his uh his wife's uh his wife jamie's one-ton yj so that'll be their next build so uh he's getting getting back into jeeps after building the Morver and now this this wrecker Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that really stuck out to me was I've, I, I ran across his channel years ago now, and the, one of the big things that stuck out to me being an XJ owner was he's doing all this stuff in an XJ, and I was just blown away that he's doing wrecker stuff in a, a very uh, inhospitable environment. 
uh, and uh, just dragging stuff all over the place with uh, with that Cherokee, and it was very impressive to me. And I was a little disappointed whenever he started doing the. Uh, Would you say the Corvair? Is that is that what it is? Uh, he calls it the Morvair, but Morvair. it's a Corvair. Yeah, it's a, Cor- a Lakewood '64 Corvair Lakewood station wagon that he's uh, built into an off-road uh, recovery vehicle. Yeah, and I remember talking to him about it in the interview, and he certainly said he needed something that was was more Cherokee. <laughs> something yes. that, that was a little bit bigger had a little more pulling power and i certainly understand that and i think that was one of the things that impressed me the most of all of what he was doing with that xj with that stinking unibody and uh he he did a lot with it but of course it's not going away uh, i think uh, at the time that we did the interview which i don't have that information uh in front of me but of course you can always go to jeeptalkshow.com uh and just do a search for uh matt's off-road recovery and find it uh, but uh, they had just uh, redone it, repainted it. They were rewiring it. And uh, so I know that the XJ is going to be there uh, f- around for a while uh, to come. Uh, maybe it'll be uh, more of a show vehicle than it will be a, a working vehicle. But I, I kind of get the feeling that's not going to be the case. I, I get the feeling Matt's going to use what he needs to use when he needs to use it, no matter what. Yeah, he, he's also running his uh, wife's uh, tangerine, which is an XJ as well. Not not built up like the banana, the famous banana, but uh, um, you will see from time to time a tangerine-colored XJ doing recoveries. Oh, okay. Yep, I'll have to go uh, check that out. But yeah, I love seeing the XJs out there. And and you know, what's what's better than one XJ doing a recovery? Two. And I've seen exactly. that in, in past videos. So that's really cool. And uh, I think that was the, the Matt's off-road recovery was their first year at SEMA. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was probably the highlight for me, just to meet Matt and the crew and see the see the record because I've been following the channel. I was for, just going to say, I know you've been following that record, and you were really excited about uh, seeing it in person. Yeah, that was really neat because it was easier for me to get to SEMA than it was to get out to Hurricane Utah. But one of these days, we'll make it out to uh, to San Hollow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, podcast at my mom's house. From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hi, old boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with Rob. Rob is the co-owner of Element Fire Extinguishers and an overall car guy. I thought you were going to say great in there. Uh, that w- that's what I would go with, uh, Rob. If you're doing a future interview, interview, put in there a great uh, overall great guy. You may have seen him on YouTube together with Jay Leno describing the benefits of Element. Away from work, Rob is an accomplished road racer and vehicle restorer. Man, you got to have some patience to, to restore a vehicle. He is very new to the off-road world and has been drawn in by the passion of specialist groups like the Jeep community. I encourage you to go to elementfire.com, Element Fire Extinguishers, if you want to use the Google search, and uh, review some of these great fire extinguisher items that they, they have there, uh, you know, while we're doing the interview. Rob, thank you a lot for being with us uh, tonight on the Jeep Talk Show. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, now, everybody likes the idea of building a better mousetrap. How did you guys decide you were going to build a better uh, fire extinguisher? Well, I can't take complete credit for the idea. What had happened was the technology was developed in Italy some time ago for for the space program, where it was necessary to be able to fight a fire in a contained space, but not rob the available breathing oxygen. 
So the technology was developed. Uh, it was later adapted, and that was in a, in a fixed uh, installation. It has been later adapted into a handheld application as we see it today. But the people that own the rights to the technology globally were interested primarily in police, military, and special forces groups and never looked to bring the product to the general consumers. So the product before we took it over was sold, again, to, to these special groups around the world. And it wasn't until uh, we took it over and brought it to North America that it was sold as a consumer good. But interestingly, the, the item that we sell is the exact same unit that, uh, that the military would be using. And the military it's in would... no way it's in no way uh, you know if, if you want to say dumbed down or weakened for for, for regular people right so th th then I would assume that the military would use it for the same thing that we would use it for to extinguish a, a fire and would this be in I guess it could be anytime there's a fire whether it's uh, taking fire on a vehicle and needing to put the, the fire out as quickly as possible or even an individual that may be on fire this is something that they would use just to put out a fire there's no uh, no additional purpose they they would use this for i guess is what i'm asking well it's interesting that you say that because as it happens the israeli idf which is the uh, special forces they carry it on a diagonal pouch that goes uh, uh with a strap that goes diagonally along their body and it unofficially uh doubles as a baton as well in case you need to do a little uh, <laughs> little hand-to-hand -hand combat <laughs> but uh, no, you you are right. It is primarily given to to soldiers and and service people uh, as a means of of tackling fires. And as we tell people, fires don't don't play favorites. So when somebody asks, oh, "It's good for your car, but is it good for your home?" Fire doesn't care. Right. So it's it's a wonderful portable tool that you can take with you and to, and to take on a fire wherever wherever it might be necessary. So uh, I have a, a long career in IT, and of course in uh, a data center we worked at, we had a Halon uh, system, which was yep. not conducive to breathing if you were caught in the data center when that went off, and or seeing. And uh, I think we uh, we had to upgrade to something like FM two hundred or something uh, later. Is is this something similar? Because I, I read here that it works on a molecular level to stop the fire. Correct. So things like data systems or valuable uh, archives of books or whatever have you are normally treated with fire systems that, uh, that operate to either rob breathing oxygen or to chemically interrupt the chain of combustion. With, with, uh, with an extinguisher, there's normally a couple of different ways of, of doing it. Uh, mo the most common type of extinguisher is a powder extinguisher. And it's nothing more than a solid that dumps it on top of the fire and robs the oxygen. And you can imagine that doing that to computer equipment or to valuable books is very, very damaging to them. Right. So there are, there are other types of extinguishers that either rob breathing oxygen or chemically interrupt the chain of combustion. And the, the chemistry that is used uh, in, the, in an element extinguisher has been used in fixed installations for things like data systems, uh, but the advantage being that when, when they are deployed, people can still breathe in the room as opposed to halon or CO2 that uh, will affect the breathing oxygen. Having air to breathe is always an advantage, I think, whenever there's uh, humans or uh, pets involved. <laughs> Absolutely.
<laughs> so um, this uh, I, I see here on your website, which again is elementfire.com, uh, you uh, very very uh, accurately uh, give a good visual visual of what this is, can be used for. So uh, wood, coal, trash, flammable liquid gases, electrical, up to a hundred thousand volts. Oh, we're going to get to get back to that one. Electrical fire might be interesting. And this is the one keen to the the jeepers, cooking oil or grease, where we don't necessarily cook food with the jeeps, but sometimes we do cook the oil. <laughs> sometimes the oil catches on fire, which is this is very important because um, I know that there's. Uh, there's certain type of fire extinguishers you can use or you have to use for an oil or grease fire that you can't use for uh, other types of fires. So this kind of covers the whole, uh, the wide range of fires. I believe this has got all the, all the ways that we would have different type of fires we'd want to uh, be able to extinguish. Correct. The only classification that is not covered are um, what are called self-oxidizing fires things like magnesium, lithium that burn in the absence of oxygen. Okay. They'll burn un underwater. But the reality is that fire extinguishers that, uh, that, that can tackle those types of fires, most fire stations don't even have them. It's an incredibly specialized out in the left field type of extinguisher that is, uh, although it encompasses part of the fire classes, from a practical standpoint, it's, it's not something that's normally covered. Right. So from a practical standpoint, we cover all the major fires. So does that mean that if your uh, lithium battery in your phone were to burst into flames or your vape uh, vaping module or any of that stuff that has the lithium batteries that you would not be able to use this to put out that fire? Well, correct. But again, it's tricky to know whether you're having uh, what's technically known as a, as a runaway fire, if you will. So when a lithium battery catches fire, it can sometimes catch fire electrically, which will set fire to the casing, and you can put it out with one of our extinguishers. Right. Should it be a situation where, you know, at the molecular level, you start getting a chain reaction that would that is self-oxidizing, uh, which is a much rare rare type of fire, uh, then no, it would not be it would not be applicable. Okay, good. So I, I think those fires are few and far between, so I don't think it'd be a problem. I just want to make sure people understand that, <laughs> you, know, you know, give it a, give it a try. You may get lucky and it's not the lithium uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's burning. So I, I, th I think I understand what the electrical portion of this would be. I'm assuming that what happens with an electrical is the conductors get to a certain temperature and it sets fire to the outer uh, cover, uh, the, the insulation of the wire. And that's kind of this kind of a standard fire, and then you can put it out. Am I am I understanding that correctly, or correct me if I'm wrong? I would say that you are you are mainly correct. Most <laughs> electrical fires um, are are a function of a short circuit that causes the casing around there that technically kind of no longer turns it into a uh, an electrical fire, turns it into a solids fire, yeah. if you will. And in fact, in Europe, the fire classification is even done a little bit differently to not so much recognize electrical fires uh, because of the fact that they recognize that in most cases it is the, the casing in which electrical components are set in which are end up catching fire. Right. Uh, that said, there are instances where there is electrical arcing and those types of things in situations up to about 10,000 volts. The uh, the element is is very effective. Really? How, how does that work? How does it uh, stop an arc? 
because again, it, it will chemically interrupt. An arc still requires uh, an oxygen source ah, to it, and yes. if you can if you can interrupt it, uh, it. I'm not I'm not a chemist myself, so I'm sure that you have some uh, somebody listening here or a good number of people listening here that understand the chemistry much better than I do. But I do know that it is it is quite uh, quite effective in, uh, in high voltage application. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad I asked about that because I thought I understood it, but I didn't understand it 100 percent. Good. So well, I don't understand 100 percent either. Apparently. <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> So um, now that the I guess and no pun intended the big difference between this and a, a standard uh, uh, gas filled tank fire extinguisher is the size, which was is really nice because I don't think you need like a bracket or something to to hold this thing in, and you you damn sure don't want a bracket that's not going to hold it because it's going to wind up if you're in a rollover you know it's going to wind up hitting you in the head if you don't have a good mounting bracket. Uh, this thing looks like it's relatively light and a, a lot smaller than one of those uh, a standard uh, fire extinguisher tank. Uh, and you're right. Uh, you look at a, a five-pound fire bottle, the five pounds counts for the charge inside the extinguisher. When you add in the bottle and all the accessories, you're up at around seven, seven and a half pounds. Uh, our extinguisher is uh, less than a tenth of that. And it's 80% smaller. So you're talking about a much, much lighter item. Uh, you know, it's under half a pound, in fact. And uh, we're looking at the same type of uh, capacity to, to extinguish a fire between these two. Or, or is it greater or less? Or So what happens is that they, they from a, a volume standpoint, yes, they will put out a similar sized fire. Uh, the difference is that the discharge rate of the... Uh, of the chemical is very different. So in the case of a five pound fire bottle, if you pull the pin and you just start spraying, you get about nine to 11 seconds. You'll feel a drop off in pressure at about six seconds, but it'll it'll run till about nine to 11 and then die. Uh, ours, uh, we advertise 50 seconds, which is a bare, bare minimum. Uh, we uh, typically see 60 and sometimes close to 70 seconds depending on, uh, because it's a chemical reaction, depending on what the atmospheric temperature is. Very cool. So uh, it's smaller, it's lighter, and I would assume that it's it's easier to store. You don't need a bracket or anything like that to store it unless you just want to have it in a convenient location. Um, I, I, would, I would think that you could probably wrap something on here and attach it to a molly panel. Would, it, would, would you think that that, you know, like a Velcro connector would be enough to hold this in place? Yep, and you're absolutely correct. In fact, um, as as we speak, we are finishing a prototype of a of a Velcro holster, if you will, that is going to be um, uh, aimed especially at Molly owners as well. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a high visibility type unit. But you're correct; uh, a strap to a to a Molly panel would be fine. The extinguisher itself can be stored from minus 140 to positive uh, 320 degrees. Fahrenheit. It's a solid construction, no moving parts. So as we tell people, unless you're going to store it in a pizza oven, you'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, pizza. Um, so, and, and I would, and I'm just going to ask because I'm assuming this is a one-use thing that once you start it, it's completely done, and you need another one. Correct. Uh, it works off of a chemical reaction. Once you start the chemical reaction, there's no stopping it until it's finished. Uh, that said. For a regular extinguisher, 
the moment that you discharge it in any way, shape, or form, even if it's for half a second, you've now severely compromised the seals and the unit will start leaking by itself. So whereas it would normally hold pressure for many years, you're now down to a few weeks and it'll be out of pressure. So you're you're a, a guy with a tool looking for a fire within the next couple of weeks. And you're, you're probably not going to find one unless you're a, a narcissist. <laughs> so and then this is good like you said uh fire comes in many different forms in many different places um and uh, so even like a grease fire out on the barbecue pit you could use this so it's interesting that you bring up the concept of a grease fire because earlier you brought up the thought that uh you know a k fire which is technically kitchen oils and fats mm-hmm uh, now, the reason that we have the certification of kitchen oils and fats, and this is a sort of a bit of a little known thing that uh, hopefully your listeners will be able to, to, to help themselves out with, mm-hmm. is that uh, oil fires that fall under either be an oil fire, a fuel fire, uh, natural gas fire, that falls under the B category of, of, fighter, of fires. Mm-hmm. But K fires are although it's the same type of material that you would find in a B category fire, uh, what's necessary to get a K certification is to not have uh, a significant thrust on discharge. So if you take a look at fire extinguishers, you go by regular fire extinguishers, they come in different colors. And a red fire extinguisher will normally have an ABC rating. And a K fire extinguisher is normally white. And it's white, and those are the ones you normally keep in your kitchen because the most common type of fire in your kitchen is, is an oil pan fire. And if you approach it with a red fire extinguisher, and you point it at the base of the fire the way they tell you, the thrust from that extinguisher will blow the liquid <laughs> burning oil out of the pan and create an almighty fireball. And all over little Jimmy because that's the, the <laughs> it's going to go straight to the kids. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so that's why they sell white fire extinguishers. Now, in our particular case, we have a, a very, very low, almost no thrust discharge, which allows us to have both the ABC ratings, but in addition, the K rating as well. So even for people who have fire extinguishers at home, just a, just a little heads up that if you have one in the kitchen, at the very least, make sure it's a white one, right. not a red one. Right. Yeah, because you'll scatter that stuff, and that's also true of a vehicle fire. You can uh, spread that stuff around and make the make the situation much worse. Um, so, uh, if you uh, if you wanted to, since these are one use, would you recommend having more than one in the in the vehicle with you? I mean, uh, I would hate to be in the situation, and I think this would be rare, but I'd hate to be in the situation where you have to use your element fire extinguisher uh, for on a. a somebody else that was out off-road with you or, or somebody you stopped to help on the highway, uh, and then something happens to your own. Um, do you, uh, I, I guess, well, at least from the selling standpoint, everybody buy 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, with everything in life, you play the odds, don't you? Yeah. So uh, I don't go to sleep wearing a helmet on the, on the off chance that I might fall off my bed and, and hurt myself. So at the same time, I would say that uh, I think that carrying one is is good because the chances of coming across two fires over one trip, if you will, is fairly low. 
that said, we find that very, very few customers only buy one. Uh, when you start to talk to someone about it, uh, there's an immediate understanding. There is uh, a, a recognition of the need. And you see the people, they start thinking and they think about, oh, I have my boat, I have my trailer, I have my car, I have my garage. Yeah, that makes sense. And so we have, we have very few customers that buy one. And because there's no effective expiration, they're good forever. Oh, that's it's interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a, one -time, it's a one time purchase. You have to remember it's a, it's a solid chemical. There's no gas. There's no powder to worry about, uh, and the the chemical half life is is longer than any of our lives. So uh, it's a one time purchase. All right, all right. I'm getting one. I'm gonna have it buried with me because I'm not anticipating fires, but you never know. <laughs> so that's really great. That was something I meant to ask at the beginning because, uh, and this is no excuse for not having a fire extinguisher. I know. So save those cards and letters. But I don't like the idea of spending $50 or $100 on something that I'm probably never going to use before it goes, uh, before it expires. I don't want to say it goes bad, but before it expires. And that's the downside that I've always seen to the traditional, uh, you know, like uh, uh, pressure filled uh, containers is that it, it only goes for so long. I think somebody told me, yeah, but it's five or 10 years. And I guess that's not so bad to have that protection. But now somebody has something that I can, <laughs> I can really feel good about. I'm going to buy this one time in 150 years <laughs> or whatever it is in 10, you know, 30 years. If I need to use it, I'll still be able to use it. That's a hell of an investment. I mean, because you have the protection to stop a fire and you don't have to worry about replacing it or checking it. Did I get it? Did I get that correct? Is it this the miracle thing that I, uh, I should see uh, as seen on TV? I mean, this is <laughs> it's like well, you are absolutely correct in what you're saying. <laughs> There is, there is no effective expiration to it. And, and I understand that some people say, well, what's the big deal? I buy something every few years. One less, one less thing yes. to worry about, to chase after. The other thing I will add as well is because the extinguisher is so small, it allows you to not only carry but place an extinguisher where otherwise wouldn't have been practical or feasible. Uh, I'm, I'm a classic car guy myself, particularly old Italian cars. And they have, uh, if you have an old Italian sports car, the, the cabin is pretty darn small in there. And especially if you have a nice, freshly restored car and all that stuff, the thought of screwing down uh, oh God, a holder yes. to, to hold an extinguisher. I'm, 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 you know, my own hypocrite over here because I'm now telling people I should carry extinguisher around. But for years and years before Element came around, I said, ah, it's too much hassle. So <laughs> now I carry one in all the cars, but back then uh, it wasn't the same. Thing. Did you did you lose a vehicle to, to fire? I have not lost a vehicle to fire, but I will tell you an ironic and funny story. All right. As it happens, this past weekend, I decided to try a new experience. I decided try decided to try drifting school. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> and would wouldn't you guess that the car that I was assigned had its battery come loose? And it was a trunk-mounted battery in the Mazda Miata, and it uh, it arced across the ch uh, the unibody of the car and set the back of the car on fire. And uh, lo and behold, I had a trusty element handy and and managed to save the instructor's car. Oh my goodness! What what a great commercial! Was anybody videoing at the time? Because that would be a great commercial for you guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Only all I have is a couple of stills of the after. And uh, there's not much to look at. There's just some charred wires, but 
because Element, uh, maybe we haven't discussed this much yet, but Element doesn't make any mess either. So there's no cleanup. And uh, so there's not a lot to see afterwards other than the fact that there's no fire there. My goodness, that had to have been one very happy uh, car owner, and the, and no cleanup too. So yeah, I kind of I, I I meant to ask you about that, but I picked up on that when you were talking about the differences between this and the traditional uh, fire extinguishers. Uh, I, I I was thinking there's no cleanup to this other than just any damage that w- that occurred uh, due to the fire. Correct. That's great, man. What a great product. This is really really nice. How long have you guys been doing this? How long have you guys been selling this product? So we are, I guess, now working on our fifth year. Uh, we're a fairly small company, and we are progressing in an organic fashion. I mean, look, there's lots of other companies that get uh, seed money, or they, uh, they they approach it in a different way. So you'll see companies, I don't know, like Uber or Casper Mattress or something like that, that explode onto the scene very quickly because they chuck cubic dollars at it. And uh, we're taking a more organic approach. We started off because we're car people, we're car enthusiasts. We show it to the car community first. We've gotten some really great traction there. Uh, To be perfectly honest, I I didn't know much about the off-roading community, but it's been a wonderful group of people. They've been very, very welcoming and getting a little enthused myself. I've been given a few invitations to come on out and give it a try. And I'm definitely going to give some rock crawling and some uh, some trail driving a try as well and and then but also we're going to be showing it to you know the home and garden community even to the professional tradesperson community i remember that uh, a few years ago i was uh, renovating my house and uh funny enough there was lots of exposed wood there was no running water and there was running electricity and i knew that if anything happened none of the tradespeople had uh had extinguishers available to them, and and also tradespeople love their uh, their gizmos and gadgets. And for a unit that doesn't take up much more than a large screwdriver in space, it's something that you can uh, chuck in your tool bag and carry along with you. Have you guys uh, heard from or contacted SpaceX? Because I could just, uh, imagine a bunch of these being on a Starship. Uh, well, we have uh, we have had sales to SpaceX. And we have talked about certain things, but a, a lot of the things that we do in our business are either covered by confidentiality agreements uh, or, or or other distribution agreements. So that is the most that I can I can talk about without uh, without pissing Elon off. <laughs> Nobody wants that happening. He'll he'll buy you buy you out, and then you'll be not be making your own decisions anymore. And I'm talking about personal, he'll, not 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 your buy. company, but just he'll buy Tony and, and say, nope, sorry, I'm I'm calling the shots now. So this thing literally, and you don't have to you don't have to go along with this. You can just nod. Uh, this thing could literally wind up on Mars and be a, a unit that helps put out fires on Mars. It's certainly possible, but I can tell you that it is already, it's already been in space. Oh, well, yeah, from and, what you were saying, yeah. And, uh, but uh, it, uh, it's been in space with people that aren't too popular nowadays. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm surprised these things but, aren't being used by NASA on the, uh, the International Space Station. Uh, NASA has used it in, uh, in, the, in the space crawler that uh, moves the shuttle. Because uh, amazingly, the space crawler, the back when the shuttle was being used, the the space crawler uh, was manufactured in Italy. 
And at, uh, I think, uh, half a mile an hour, it was the world's slowest Ferrari. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I went with the SpaceX uh, connection. Is there anything, any company uh, that is using it or even person that's using it that's very, that people wouldn't expect? I mean, I, I know a fires can happen anywhere, but just uh, uh, it, well, one, of course, that you can talk about. But uh, anything like uh, SpaceX or just uh, something that, you know, we wouldn't expect? Uh you know, one of the interesting things about being in this business is that we get exposed to all kinds of interesting things that we couldn't possibly imagine. So as an example, we have been working together with uh, a company that manufactures uh, harvesting machines and grain machines mm -hmm. and those types of things because uh, an electrical fire on the back of the dashboard is is not uncommon. Wow. And if you can imagine you're way out in the field uh, you know, you're all by yourself. These machines can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that is, you know, a unique scenario that we never anticipated. Uh, small personal aircraft. We end yes. up finding out that it's it's useful because it uh, it's good again for a dash electrical fire, and, but it allows a person as a small personal aircraft to operate it one-handed while still flying an aircraft. So that's another thing that we couldn't possibly have imagined. Uh, people who have uh, trailers, a bearing fire on wheels of a trailer is yeah. something that that we had never thought about. But sure enough, and and again, if you had a regular fire extinguisher, you're at the side of the road. Uh, the powder that comes out is highly abrasive, so you've just blasted a bearing that you could conceivably repack or repair at the side of the road with fine particulates of like a, a sand. Uh, as opposed to something that, that gives you a, a clean surface on which to work to repair at the side of the road. So those are all examples of, of interesting places that we never really expected the extinguisher to have legs. And that's great. I'm glad you mentioned those because that gives people more of an idea of what they could use it for. I mean, everybody knows what they can use a fire extinguisher for, but this opens up so much more uh, places that you can keep it, uh, whereas, you know, you don't have the room for a, a large fire extinguisher, and maybe that small little baby fire extinguisher really doesn't have the capacity that you really need for the fire. Uh, this allows you to uh, kind of get the best of both, wor both worlds, small and uh, useful. So, um, uh, looking at price, um, the for like if somebody had a jeep and they wanted to put one of these things in their their vehicle would would they go with the and maybe there's another choice here but what i'm seeing is the e50 professional or the e100 industrial would the 50 be a good way to go or do you think 100 would be better so the difference between the two units is that one is advertised as a 50 second discharge time which we've already said is a little bit longer than that and the other one is a discharge time of 100 seconds the uh, the the reality is that if your fire is not out within 50 seconds uh you know you probably have bigger bigger problems on your in your hands <laughs> yeah. so uh, the 100 second is one that was required under certain uh military requirements uh required it and so we made it available and because people were like look if i could get more i'll buy it. i'll buy more and that's why we we make it available but the reality is that we, uh, if you want to think about it, sort of the difference between having uh, a can of Coke or a, a liter bottle of Coke. Right. Uh, your thirst, your thirst will probably be quenched after 
after a can and uh, you, and assuming that you're only using it for yourself, a liter probably is a little too is a little too much. But that's that said, uh, the the fifty second by a long long way outsells the uh, the hundred second one. And so we would always recommend it to someone the the fifty first. Now that said, we have lots of people that are just like, give me the biggest. Right. I'm investing in myself, <laughs> and and it's it's marginally larger from a form factor standpoint. Uh, so it's not twice the size. It's only it's only marginally larger. It's probably only around uh, twelve to fifteen percent larger. So what you're saying is that if you want to beat the hell out of somebody, get the E100 because it's bigger. Correct. <laughs> yep, that, that's the one you really you really want. Uh, and when you were talking about other uses as well, uh, the military does uh, use it as a uh, as a signaling device as well. Interesting, interesting. So uh, I also noticed here that you do have mounts that aren't necessarily Velcro mounts, but like uh, uh, roll bar mounts. Uh, get a magnetic mount, uh, get clips like a like a flashlight would. Uh, some of the popular flashlight models out there. Uh, there's a mounting clip. Uh, there's a seat rail uh, that uh, mounting the bracket that you guys have, and a quick fist heavy duty mount. And of course, you guys can see all of these things at elementfire.com. So, what is the price of the E50 Element Fire Extinguisher? So, uh, an E50 fire extinguisher is seventy nine ninety five, and it does come with one of those mounting clips. It comes with a little plastic mounting clip, and then people have the option of buying some other some other clips. Uh, and then on a discussion of price, one thing that we didn't talk about too much are the different types of fire extinguishers that are available. So the fire extinguisher that most people associate with is what they would buy at a Home Depot or Walmart, which is the, the you know, the red bottle that discharges the powder. And as we discussed, that's the one that really has the most compromises because it makes the mess, it expires, it's heavy, uh, all of the various challenges that come with, with those. The advantage of those is that they are the least expensive option shy of a bottle of water or about a box of sand. Uh, our extinguisher to a comparable powder extinguisher is about 30% more expensive, uh, assuming on first purchase, because as soon as you have to replace it once, we'll be ahead. But compared to what are considered clean agent extinguishers like Halon, Halotron, CO2 extinguishers, we are at about half the price with most of the benefits that those extinguishers have. I think it's uh, the the two things that I really like about this is is size, uh, of course the weight, but that usually goes along with size. It doesn't have to, but usually does, and how long it lasts. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm willing to pay a little bit more to make it more convenient to store and and it more importantly get to because it, a fire is going to be something that you want to put out just as quickly as possible to either save the life or minimize the damage. So having it conveniently located is a is a huge deal. Uh, I mean, this thing you could literally mount uh, on the side of the seat right there for the driver. So you could just reach down, kind of like some people have uh, flashlights mounted. You could have one of these things right there. So it literally would be a reach down and jump out of the out of the uh, the driver's seat and put out the fire. Now, how, how do you how do you work this with one hand? Well, in order to uh, discharge it. Uh, when you so to, to the people that maybe don't have the visual in front of them, mm -hmm. to just assume what, what the extinguisher looks like, it's a stick. It's round. It's a little over one inch in diameter, and it's about uh, it's about eleven inches long. So the extinguisher has a cap 
on one end and a striker on the opposite end. So uh, when you want to discharge one of these extinguishers, you remove the cap, which is just pressure fit, dis discard it. And on the opposite end, there is, and these are in fluorescent yellow, so they're very visible. There is a striker, which you, again, pull out of uh, an end, which looks like a handle, if you will. And it'll expose uh, a chemical tip, and you scratch it against the tip that you, that you expose when removing the exterior cap. So that is very much a two-handed uh, uh, situation. But once it has gotten going, you don't have to be holding a trigger and a and a hose, for instance, like in a regular extinguisher. Right. Uh, it's 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 a much more comfortable way of of handling an extinguisher. And the system that uses the striker was particularly liked by military groups because it it was tested and approved to work well in high stress environments. Yeah. And in fact, if you go to our website. Um, all the videos that you see on our website were shot in one take. We tried <laughs> to do it as, as, as realistically as possible with people that had zero product knowledge. And one of the videos, there's a gentleman, and what we did was we, we told him, you got to figure out how to use this thing. We didn't tell him what it was or anything, we just got to figure out how to use it. So we put it on a table, we had him run around the building to simulate, you know, uh, getting your heart rate up and adrenaline right. going and all that. And I said, walk up to it and figure it out. And the video that you see is one take, and he had it going in under 10 seconds. Oh, you got to feel good I about did. that. Because that, you know, that yep. saves lives. This That itself is going to save lives because it's a high stress. You need to save time and get it done. That's, that is really good. I'm going to have to look at that video. Now, I happen to notice a video here with Jay Leno. We mentioned it in the introduction. Uh, were you in Jay, Jay Leno's garage on this, or did he come to you? Well, it's a bit of an interesting story. So uh, we're talking Canada right now, but I do tend to divide my time between here and, uh, and I spend some time in Southern California. And I was at, uh, I was at a, just a regular car show, and I tend to carry an element around with me that tell people about it and whatever have you. Well, you never know when and there's going to be trouble. <laughs> you, you never know when there's going to be trouble. We're hoping for that viral moment when a Kardashian catches fire. That's right. And uh, <laughs> The friction. <laughs> and, 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 and we'll be there for it. So uh, I was with uh, a gentleman uh, who's a very good friend of mine in California who happens, who happens to know Jay. And uh, Jake and we were talking and Jake comes up to him uh, because at the car shows in California, Jay's one of the guys. Yeah. Uh, sure, he gets a little bit more attention, but he fits in. Fits in you know, just lovely, wonderful, sure. wonderful guy. Yeah. So he comes up and talks to my friend, and I'm standing with him, and my friend's like, "Hey, show, show him what you got." So <laughs> are you standing uh, there? Him, are you standing there like yeah. in a truck stop bath, truck truck stop bathroom, holding your your element? Look, look, look at it. <laughs> so, something to that effect. Yeah. So I gave. I would be I so nervous. The, uh. You know, I, I've always been of the opinion that, you know, these people, they might be on TV or whatever, but they're people. Yeah, and, I, I try to uh, think you know, that if, too. <laughs> if, if they're not nice, I really don't want to spend any time with you. But yeah. uh, Jay's quite quite the exception there. And so he, I gave him the 10-second elevator pitch, and he looks at me and says, he says, I got 2 million YouTube followers. We really got to get you into the garage. Wow. And no, that no, was, no thanks, Jay. I appreciate the offer, but no thanks. <laughs> that was about it. So uh, a few weeks later... 
uh, it all kind of came together kind of last minute. And uh, particularly in the state of California, it's very, very difficult to, to get all the fire marshal's approvals quickly and all that stuff. So we had to use, uh, interestingly, the, the biggest complaint that people have of that video is that there's no fire being put out. Now, we've given them <laughs> B-roll B, B footage that somehow found its way onto the, onto the floor of the, uh, the editing room. But uh, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I got to spend a little bit of time with Jay uh, privately and talk to him about stuff. And uh, just, uh, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. Everything you can imagine, especially, you know, you know spending time with him in private, whatever have you, is true. Uh, when we were done filming, you know, I kind of swallowed and wondered what this was all going to cost me because I knew it was going to be a big opportunity. And uh, he didn't want to die. And I said, well, at least let me give you some for your cars. He's like, nope, I'll buy them. It's okay. So I, I rounded up everyone that was on the production team and anyone that works for him gave them some. But, uh, but he, he was having none of it and was happy, happy to pay for them. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Jay has more money than God, so <laughs> he can afford it. Yeah, but I'll tell you something. Uh, he might have a lot of money and he might be able to afford it. But again, when you spend a little bit of time talking to him, you realize that the guy has uh, an absolute appreciation for what things cost, and he's not one to chuck a dollar uh, when it's not necessary. Oh, he's I, uh, he's well, very very frugal in the right way. Yeah. After after hearing about your product here, and just uh, I mean, I don't know Jay. I don't even know that much about him, but he seems like a down to earth kind of guy. And I I was going to say that he he had just. I'm sure was just amazed by this and saw the immediate benefit of having these. So, I mean, obviously that's why he wanted to, to get you in front of people because people needed to know about this. And, and that's, a, that's just a great thing. Um, it, it, well, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, so a few weeks after I was at Jay's place, uh, I was speaking with another well-known uh, Ferrari collector who has appeared on his channel on a number of occasions. Was it Seinfeld? And, uh, no, he, uh, Seinfeld, Seinfeld's a Porsche guy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who unofficially might have an element in every single one of them. I was going to say a Porsche can catch on fire too. <laughs> uh, it absolutely could. But, uh, as I said, I was talking to this Ferrari collector and I was introducing, showing him element and he was like, oh yeah, I've seen that. I was at Jay's place. He was showing it to me. So we seem <laughs> oh, to have, wow. <laughs> it's like having our own uh, celebrity salesperson yes. who takes no, no commission of any kind, which is wonderful. Oh, you need to get him on an infomercial, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I'm Jay Leno. I'm here to sell <laughs> the element fire extinguisher <laughs> and have a countdown uh, and everything. <laughs> you know, he, he's been, he's been just, just what he's done for us. I can never, I could never repeat, and it's just been. But besides being a hell of a good, of a hell of a good guy, uh, he helped propel our company in a way that we couldn't possibly imagine. Oh, I we, we are forever, yeah. we are forever indebted to him for that. Yeah, I can well imagine. I mean, uh, just having uh, getting out there for the two million followers to see. Well, you know, but nothing. Don't, we we can't take any of the way thing away from the product. I'm very impressed with this product. It's, I mean, smaller. It lasts for for a long time. I want to say forever, but I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, it lasts for a lot longer than the the other units do. So, I mean, what is it that they tell you to buy a mattress every seven or eight years? And uh, if you divide the cost of the mattress by that time, it really isn't that much. But wow, could you could you imagine having a mattress that lasted your entire life? Because you're saving money and you're getting a, getting something that you can use that entire time. And that's kind of the same thing you're talking about here. 
I think everybody should have the way of putting out a fire, and it might as well be small and last for a long time. Well, I mean, we're, we're always a strong believer that, uh, you know, in the photography world, there's an expression that says the best camera is the one that you have. Yep. And up, up until the time that everyone had cameras with their cell phones, uh, good photography wasn't available to people. And we kind of think of Element as the cell phone camera of the, uh, of the firefighting world. And just the, the accessibility, the ability to have it uh, in a backpack, to have it in a little side, a side bag, perhaps on a motorcycle, on a molly panel, to be able to chuck it into a... Um, uh, into a glove box or side door pocket is really, really cool. Another thing as well is that we've had uh, teams use these. In fact, I believe it was last week or the week before I've lost track of time a little bit, was the Nora 1000, the thousand mile race uh, through the Mexican, uh, the Mexican desert. Mm -hmm. And we have, we supported a number of teams on there. One of the teams, uh, Roth sport racing that runs a Porsche 911 won its class. And I've been told that on a number of occasions, the incredibly bumpy and rough running of, uh, of having a, you know, th this event, that it will break the nozzle off of a fire extinguisher. So it's not uncommon to hit a big bump and the, the, this, the extinguisher will fully discharge, <laughs> making a mess of everything because it physically breaks. And excitement for everybody involved. <laughs> right. Well, this is really cool. I see the, uh, and you guys got to check this out, uh, elementfire.com. Just go to... Uh, the, the media and you'll see the uh, the Jay Leno video but I also noticed uh, that you guys got truck you uh, on here that uh, looks like they're uh, they're pitching it for you and uh, all girls garage uh, those are two shows that I, I haven't seen in a while but those are the two uh, two shows that I really enjoy so that's really cool I'm really surprised this is the first time I'm hearing about this because you're you're in a lot of places that I, I wander around in uh, online. Well, you know, a little, a little at a time. Uh, it'd be great to have an enormous advertising budget. But one of the really cool things that has happened to us is things like your show, for instance. People find out about it, and it's almost like it's this little secret that they want to share, this little discovery yeah. that they want to share with their friends. And so it's been incredibly popular. We've had some wonderful exposure on social media. People, some people have incredibly big followings. They just want to tell their friends about this cool thing that they found. And and we've been very, very grateful for the people that have helped us in that fashion. Yeah, well, especially Jay Leno. I love the idea that you can just uh, get into his audience and it's like, yeah, I just wanted to bring it, bring it to everybody's attention because it's a great thing to have. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, you guys, uh, I said this earlier, is about saving lives. And it really, I mean, this potentially has saved lives and Jay Leno's involvement and these other groups. Uh, probably have saved people's lives by uh, by promoting this product uh, simply because it's so much easier to have. I'm getting one. I, I, I got to have one for the Jeep. I mean, this is already past the, the Tony. It'll last. I don't have to buy another one uh, unless I use it. And that's fine. Then I've used it and uh, it'll uh, it'll be worth it, uh, especially since I can get to it so quickly. So this is a really, really cool deal. And uh, having it being used in the military and police, uh, you know, it's got to be, it's got to pass, have passed a lot of scrutiny. Yes. Yeah, so no, definitely. It's, uh, it's gotten a lot of, it also has a lot of uh, very difficult uh, European uh, approvals. For instance, in, in Europe, there's a, an appro approval called TUV, which is in Switzerland and Germany, which is a pretty, a pretty difficult approval process to get. 
and uh, uh, so definitely it is a it is a well vetted product uh, covered by a lot of international patents, but also it is um, it's been it tested is independently tested and approved by a lot of different groups. In fact, one of the things we're very proud of is just recently we were uh, granted a global Daimler Benz part number. So the the Mercedes group, the the parent company for the Mercedes uh, Car and Truck Corporation, has granted a global part number on it, which is which is really cool. Yeah, that's nice. My uh, my youngest daughter works for a Mercedes dealership. I'm going to ask her if they know about this because uh, I'm going to I'm going to tell them they uh, they need to look into this. This is a really neat thing. So um, now you somebody told me you got a little something for our listeners. Uh, yes. Well, uh, we do have uh, a, a discount code that we're making available to the listeners. And uh, Tony, I'm going to have to defer to you because I sent it to you, but I cannot remember the exact <laughs> combination of letters for the coupon code. But the no, coupon code no. would be entered. Uh, it would be entered at the checkout of ElementFire.com, and it will give uh, fifty. Uh, sorry, it will give. 10% off plus free shipping on orders over $99 for the first 50 people that use it. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going, something? What are you talking about, man? I'm not giving anything <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, so it's entered the code JTS, you know, it's like Jeep Talk Show, 10, JTS 10, and it will give the first 50 users of the coupon a 10% discount off the order and free shipping on orders over $99. So at $79.99, I believe that was the price, uh, you would want to buy two of these, and don't you need two anyway? I mean, you got more than one uh, one uh, vehicle to put it in, and if if you have one in your Jeep and your spouse uh, doesn't have one in the minivan, uh, they're going to be pissed. I, I mean, I'll just tell you. So yeah. just just get two, and you get free shipping. Well, we also tend to find situations where people commandeer other ones from people <laughs> saying, uh, <laughs> "I want this, I want that." But I'll tell you, one of the really cool things you were talking earlier about. Uh, it could be something that saves lives and whatever have you. We have had just some of the most wonderful success stories shared with us. Uh, some of them are private that we can't share on our social media. Other ones, people say, please tell the world of it. I mean, we even had, I was at a situation where I was at a classic car show and we had a small booth and we were selling some of these and a gentleman came to us almost in tears telling a story about uh, a fire that took place in a car that was handed down to him by his dad and uh, the element was able to take care of it otherwise he had nothing and the car would have been gone uh so i don't think i have that many stories where you can really make a direct line comparison say where somebody's life was saved uh but certainly some very very special personal items uh vehicles uh, we had one gentleman one time who uh, had a Porsche, and uh, he, uh, now there was a little bit of luck involved here as well, he parked it in his garage into a house he had just bought. Oh, no. He had, forgotten his, he had forgotten his cell phone in the car, and when he went back to the cell phone, the car was on fire, and, uh, and he was able to use his element to put it out. And it was a, uh, it was a situation where the living uh, arrangement of the house was directly above the garage and he was like without a doubt my whole house was going down yeah 
That's one. That's one thing I really don't like about uh, garages that are part of the house is because you got something that's hot and uh, has lots of oil and fuel and uh, it could really go up. Oh, I remember I was going to ask you something. Um, is there any way to set these things up for, or, or do you have plans on one that you can uh, set off remotely? Like if you wanted to put these under the hood of your vehicle and just pull pull something and have it put out an engine fire, you know, like the race cars do. Correct. So uh, we are working on something uh, to that effect at the moment. It's in an experimental stage and it's like a puck. Uh, the only, uh, so you can imagine, uh, I guess not everyone's familiar with a hockey puck in Canada. We know them pre- pretty well, but imagine it's, it's like a donut with no holes in the middle, right. if you will. And something around that size. The The challenge that we're having is that we really are looking to do it as flame activated and we don't want anything that relies on a battery or anything that that can wear out right and so the the difficulty with that is uh being able to create something that can be placed and is sensitive enough that can discharge because if you can imagine you could have a fire in one end of an engine compartment as and you place it in a different end of the engine compartment and you're not able to um you're not able to put the fire out that way. So right. right now there is there's a pilot project that we're working on at the moment in another country that involves the engine bay of buses and uh, doing some testing that way. It's still a ways off from being a viable product, but it is something we're doing. Uh, I will bring up something else as well. Um, Element has a couple of, of neat things about the way that it discharges. First of all, uh, a powder type extinguisher requires a direct line of sight the fire so as an example if you have a fire on the back side of your dashboard the powder can't get to there so that could be problematic so electrical fire on the back of your dashboard whatever have you whereas an element is able to create this if you will a cloud of containment you just kind of shoot it under the dash and it gets in all the little nooks and crannies and keeps the fire from from uh from growing and 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 puts it out the other cool thing as well is that if you have a, an enclosed environment, uh, call it the, the cabin of a vehicle, for instance, and you have a fire, you can uh, start an element, throw it in, close the door, and the natural saturation of the air uh, in the area will make the fire go out without having to actively fight the fire. It will fight oh, the fire that's interesting. Yeah, I can see how that would be an advantage, especially like in a firefighting situation. Yep. Same. You know, if you had an oven fire, for instance, you could you could throw it in. Uh, one other cool thing as well is that one of the various very dangerous things about fighting an under hood fire is if you have a fire under the hood, you go and you crack the hood open, and then when you open the hood, what happens is you get you've now fed the fire with a fresh you know, breath of oxygen, if you will. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it can cause the fire to accelerate in a very uh, uncontrolled fashion, sometimes even blowing into your face. Right. With an element, one of the things that you can do is, of course, always assuming that you keep your presence of mind when doing this, is if you have an underhood fire and with a long discharge time, you can crack the hood open so it pops up a little bit. You can fog the top side of you can fog through the gap between the hood and a little bit of an opening, the top side of the fire, if you will. And then when you open the hood, you've now created a virtual blanket where the new oxygen can't just go in and and feed that, that fire. And you can then direct 
the firefighting jet out of the element, the remainder of it, into the concentrated in the area where the fire is to, to put it out. So it, it makes it much safer to take on a, an underhood fire on a car. And in fact, we've had um, a number of the success stories are based around that storyline, if you will. Uh, we've had situations with people where they have a lowered car, they hit a pothole and the, uh, the, the, the oil pan breaks and catches fire. Uh, carburetor leaks, uh, those, mm -hmm. those types right. of things. We've had a lot, a lot of good success stories that way. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. And, of course, that was one of the reasons why I was asking about uh, something that you could just uh, pull under hood, the, you know, get the fire out quickly, minimize the damage, and uh, not having that situation where the, uh, the fire comes out. And I think we all remember the movie Backdraft, and that's kind of what you're talking uh about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that big that big wall of flame that uh, gets energized by all the oxygen, the new oxygen in the uh, in the room, at least in background. So well, and and it also brings up uh, again another home fire safety tip, and it's common knowledge to some people, but not common knowledge to others. Uh, I urge anyone to go to YouTube and look up uh, water on grease fire. Yeah, because if you have a, a burning pan of oil and you literally put a few teaspoons of water on it, let alone a cup of water, it makes something that would make, uh, you know, a Michael Bay movie look, uh, <laughs> look, look tame because it makes the most almighty explosion and, and, uh, and acceleration of fire that you, you've ever seen. So at the very least, um, whether you have an extinguisher or not, never ever use water on a, <laughs> on a grease fire. Right. And, and that includes especially uh, an engine fire uh, in a Jeep or really any vehicle. Because uh, you're just going to spread it around, and it's probably going to get on somebody, uh, and probably you. All right. Well, you know how the kids love the uh, the social media these days. We've mentioned the elementfire.com site. Oh, real quick, is there any place to pick an element fire up other than on your website? I noticed it was. Well, I did not see it on Amazon. Uh, generally, we don't sell on Amazon. Uh, it's fine. I'm, be probably be, I'm probably going to be unpopular on this one, but we just kind of don't like the platform. Uh, we would like to uh, would like to support small businesses. Uh, it is distributed throughout quite a few different uh, off road communities. Uh, it's sold through some of the big retailer, some of the big wholesalers like Keystone that delivers it to all of the speed shops uh, uh, around the U.S. Uh, we do have both a Canadian store and a U.S. store, so uh, so people don't have to worry about duties and taxes and all all of those types of things. Uh, but uh, we are not yet at the stage where you'll find them, say, at a Home Depot or a Walmart or any of the big chain stores. But uh, a lot of the specialist stores are picking it up, and at the same time. Uh, we have a we have an excellent in-house sales team. So if uh, if you're at your local speed shop or, or Jeep retailer or wherever wherever you get your parts from, and you think that they should carry them, just tell them to <laughs> drop us an email. And we have we have a really really good sales salesperson that that follows up all the time. And uh, again, uh, we we rely on the community to help us out a little bit where we can. Sure, sure, no. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you not having it Amazon. I just don't, people, that's kind of the go-to place for a lot of people to find something. And I noticed it wasn't there, and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to let people know where to look. I mean, you can definitely go to elementfire.com and get them from there. 
and uh, poke around, use that Google search. And uh, like what uh, Rob is saying, if you go to a, a place where you buy your parts, ask them where where's where do you, where's the element uh, the <laughs> the element fire sticks. You know what? Where where can I? You know you don't have one. What's wrong with you? This is a, what kind of a second rate shop is this? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's good. And and I, I'm sold, Rob. This is a great product. I mean, it it it, it checks all the boxes for me. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a product that, you know, we're, we're very, very proud of. Uh, and to be honest as well, is we run uh, a sister business that sells parts of, and it came before Element as well. It sells parts to, you know, the Ferrari, the Porsche, you know, owners and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's a, it's a neat business and it, it puts us in contact with people that, you know, we're enthusiastic about. We, we happen to like fancy European cars and all that kind of stuff. But there is a special feeling attached with uh, being involved with products that, uh, you know, that, that support the community that are, that are safety based uh, and that, and that make life better, that make life better for people. And we're also um, very, very supportive of, of frontline workers, uh, military people, and uh, we we always urge them to reach out to us because uh, there's always uh, discounts available to those to those people as well. Now, remember, you agreed when you were d- w- said you would do this interview that you would give me Jay's personal phone number so I could ask him why he doesn't have any Jeeps in his garage. So I'm going to hold you to that, <laughs> but I'll wait till the well, interview. you know, I'll wait till the interview is over. <laughs> Jay's going. You know, what the he hell? doesn't have any Ferraris in his garage either. <laughs> Well, I can't blame him there. I'm, but I'm a Jeep guy, so there you go. <laughs> and tell me, uh, Tony, what what Jeep is uh, is in your garage? So I'm, you know, I didn't set this up, but I'm glad you asked. So I have a a one owner 1998 Jeep Cherokee, also known as the XJ. Uh, it was mm-hmm. my my daily driver for about 24 years. Uh, last May, I picked up a 2021 uh, Jeep Gladiator. Uh, and my wife has a 2003 uh, Jeep uh, Wrangler TJ. My youngest daughter has a 2001 Jeep Wrangler TJ. And my oldest daughter has a 2005 Jeep Wrangler TJ. So to answer your question is, five <laughs> Jeeps is what's in the garage and in the driveway. <laughs> I've been told, though, that Jeep owners normally reply in a fractional numbers of how many Jeeps they own. Fractional. It's not like yes. It's like I, I own five and a half Jeeps. No, no, all all of mine are fully uh, fully functional. <laughs> Don't have any parts Jeeps. So the people keep Don't stopping no asking Jeeps. about buying some of the the Jeeps. They think it's a a, a, a used uh, Jeep parking lot. Uh, and I can't say I blame them. Of course, the neighbors think we're crazy, but that's all right. Um, so I was, as I was saying earlier, you know how the kids love the social media. Other than uh, elementfire.com, where where can people find you at? So we have uh, on Instagram and Facebook official element fire. And uh, again, it's official element fire for all the platforms. There's a Twitter. There's a, there is a, uh, we're just getting started with TikTok. And uh, please come on out, follow us. And also if you are a follower of uh, our Instagram page, we do regular uh, product and even cash giveaways for our followers. So uh, we tend to contact people privately out of the blue every once in a while and say, hey, you just won a thousand bucks or you won uh, an element fire extinguisher. 
And we also periodically run contests. And one of the cool things that we do with our contests is that if you're a contest winner and you were a customer in the last 30 days, not only did you win the contest, you will also win your order from the last 30 days. Oh, very nice. Yep. That's good because you never know when's a good time to buy. It could, it could have been 30 days ago. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, in I can't remember if it was the most recent or the second last one. Uh, we had a, an individual who there who had placed an order that was over a thousand dollars, and uh, well, you know, rules are rules, and uh, they they got a, a nice surprise that their order was refunded, and they ended up with another element. Yeah, you know, Seinfeld has enough money, and I know that's the guy that won it. So they, you shouldn't have done that; you should have given it to somebody else. <laughs> I'm a big Seinfeld fan, if you can't tell, <laughs> and I'm talking about from uh, the Tonight Show before Jay was on there, so. Uh, old, old time uh, uh, Seinfeld fan. All right, well, yes, Rob, well, thank I, I cannot, I can neither uh, I know, confirm I know. nor deny <laughs> that uh, I believe it was 138 extinguishers were sold to somebody. My who might be goodness. And it didn't even make a dent in the pocket. That was just changed in the pocket. So that's, that's, a, that's amazing. Rob, thank you very much. Very interesting interview. And uh, I am so glad Chris is finding these uh, businesses like yours uh, that uh, bring these wonderful products that I definitely want our audience to know about. Uh, I, I'll say it again. This is going to save lives. And it, I, I'm sure it has saved many. Oh, and by the way, I don't think you've gotten many stories about uh, saving lives because uh, I think 99% of the time, the fire is because somebody did something stupid. <laughs> and they don't want to admit that they did something stupid and saved their life. <laughs> like it's, I'm, been known to, it's been known to happen. I think that these, the sales of these things should go up are right before Thanksgiving for all the people that are frying turkeys uh, in a garage or under an awning of their house or... <laughs> Because <laughs> that is the most the most time that you need a fire extinguisher right there. All right, Rob. So Tony, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick little story. Oh, uh, sure. Last year, at the end of last year, we ran a campaign around Christmas time uh, that we did together with an advertising agency. And what we did was we created what was called the Board Fireman's Calendar. And so we actually made you know those calendars that have fit buff firefighters on them right uh well we made ones with firefighters that were used to be fit and they're a little <laughs> out of shape because because the element put fires out of business and uh and there's pictures of them knitting or building a card house or whatever have you and it was uh it was a very very funny campaign it went down it went down extremely well it was very uh it was very cheeky yeah. And a lot of people, got, a lot of people got those calendars, and we raised we raised a good amount of money for um, uh, for families that had their uh, their homes destroyed by fire. Oh, that's great! Perfect, absolutely perfect. All right, Rob, thanks again for being on, and we're gonna have to have you back. I mean, I can tell you guys are coming out with uh, with more products. Oh, and by the way, I'm in Southeast Texas. I have no reason to know what a hockey puck is. I purchased <laughs> some hockey pucks because I was using them as bump stops for my Cherokee. Because you can put those hockey pucks inside the front coil, so whenever the bump stop comes down, it'll make wow. contact on the, the hockey pucks. So I have hockey pucks in southeast Texas. I, 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 they're somewhere in the garage. <laughs> well, two things that hockey pucks are absolutely fantastic for uh, is to act as a pad on the bottom of a pump jack uh, when, you're, when you're lifting a vehicle, especially if it's a bit of a fragile vehicle. And they're also 
absolutely fantastic to act as blocks when you're hammering something. If you yeah. have a steel hammer and you don't want to damage something, uh, 1,001 uses, everyone should have a hockey puck in their toolbox. And you can throw them at bad drivers and nobody's going to believe there's a hockey puck in Southeast Texas. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, Rob. Thanks. Have a great night. And uh, again, we're going to have to have you on again real soon. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks again to Robert for taking the time to talk about fire extinguishers from elementfire.com. I want to say that again, elementfire.com. This is a really, really cool idea. Uh, uh, and Chris, I think this is one that you set up, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's a neat, uh, just a neat product. Uh, very uh, obviously essential to have in, in any Jeep, certainly any vehicle, even for home use. And uh, yes, it's uh, one of my... Uh, my JL buddy's got a couple of them uh, in his uh, in his Jeep and uh, on each roll bar, so each the driver and the passenger have one. So it's uh, definitely uh, something everyone should have at least one of. Mm-hmm. I think they're a little more expensive, especially maybe the the real small, uh, maybe twenty five dollars if I'm remembering right, maybe thirty dollar uh, kitty uh, fire extinguishers. A lot of a lot of people carry, uh, but the, there's there's two things that I see that are negatives about those. Well, three. They don't have a lot of uh, uh, extinguisher goodness in them. They don't. They don't go as long as what these uh, Element Fire uh, fire sticks. Uh, well, I don't call it a fire stick. Uh, uh, the Element Fire fire extinguishers do. Uh, and because I think that the the, uh, the Element uh, Fire uh, extinguishers will run for fifty seconds. They are not heavy. So if the mount fails or you didn't mount it properly, it's not going to be a projectile hitting you or your children or maybe even somebody outside the Jeep because <laughs> it's, it's not going to be that dangerous. And in fact, I don't even think you have to mount them. I think you could just have them right there next to your seat or maybe use a, uh, one of those um, uh, uh, um, 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 flashlight holder type things. I don't know if that would fit, but that's certainly something worth checking out. And then the other thing is they don't expire. I mean... They may expire a thousand years from now, but just because of the way they're built, there is nothing in there that would be um, anything that breaks down for a very, very long period. So even though they cost a little more, they're I think they're safer. They last longer. They work on uh, any kind of fire. I, I believe that's that's a correct statement. Check out elementfire.com. But I mean, grease, water, uh, air, all kinds of stuff. So that's the other great thing. And uh, so... You don't have to worry about them uh, being there. You don't have to worry about them damaging you or your Jeep or somebody ex- external to the Jeep, and they don't expire. Um, virtually don't expire, I'll say that. I mean, I'm sure in time something will break down with the chemicals, but it, it'll be a lot longer than a, a traditional fire extinguisher. So I was very impressed with this, and and I didn't have a problem uh, with, uh, with this product, Chris, but we have had products in the past that I've questioned you on uh, before doing the interview, and I, I and that's why I learned just to say, just trust Chris because once <laughs> once I do the interview and I go, well, this is interesting. This is a good product. <laughs> so good job, Chris. You're you're picking uh, very interesting products and uh, uh, fun things to find out about. And I love asking questions uh, about uh, about stuff and how it works. Yes, it, it is. Uh, I agree. The 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 lack of uh, it's not a projectile is what what I really like as mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's just it's just all around safer than your traditional twenty thirty dollar fire extinguisher. Now uh, the the interview we have coming up next Friday, uh, I think everybody's heard of these people. Have you heard of TerraFlex dot com, uh, Chris? 
I have a few times before and may, may, may have some of their products on my Jeep. There you go. So uh, uh, this I thought was a great guest uh, to have on, Dennis Wood. And if you've seen any of the YouTube videos uh, or anything on uh, Terraflex having to do with videos, uh, I think you will recognize uh, instantly Dennis Wood. And that's who we had on for our, our have we who we have on for our next interview, episode 717. Uh, and then, of course, that's going to be the uh, a week from today, uh, next Friday. And it was a really fun, uh, interesting conversation. And uh, he told me uh, some interesting things about the Gladiator and uh, a kit that they have that uh, gets rid of that low-hanging fruit and inc- increases the articulation on your Gladiator, substa- rear articulation on your, your, your Gladiator substantially. And a lot of people don't really think about that uh, so much, about the rear articulation, but uh, they, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, it's been a while since we did the interview, uh, but I think he was talking about up to 12 inches of articulation, increased articulation. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was major. And uh, this is all Terraflex, uh, all of them. They came up with this, designed it, and uh, I, I bet you, you will see uh, a, a lot of gladiators with this because it's a, it really, really sounds like a wonderful product. So that'll be coming up, episode 717. Uh, and of course, I'll remind everybody, uh, four episodes a week and our Friday is our interview episode, standalone interview episode. And you may hear Chris and I talking a little bit uh, on those uh, those episodes as well, but hopefully that's okay. We, we kind of get to the, the interviews pretty quick. Hey, you know, it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it is as easy to unsubscribe as to as it is to subscribe. And I think I've asked you this several times, Chris. Are you a, a, a subscriber to a newsletter? Absolutely. Do you find any benefit in it? I do. I do. We've got a link for the Zoom room. Uh, if you want to join us on the recording of our roundtable episode, which is released on Wednesday, uh, and we record that every Tuesday at 8 Central Time. Uh, so you can please subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get the link and the information. And at the times we have a guest uh, and uh, that you can interact with. We've had, uh, as mentioned before, Jim Morrison from Jeep Corporate. And uh, you never know who might be on the uh, the roundtable episode. And we didn't know that Jim for sure was going to be on, uh, on that uh, question and answer roundtable episode until like the day before. So, uh, but everybody that was uh, pretty much the regular Zoom uh, people that uh, joined the meeting uh, every week, they were, just because they were there, they were able to talk to Jim Morrison, ahead of Jeep North America. I mean, where do you get an opportunity to speak with Jim Morrison from the comfort of your own home? Uh, you know, it just, it just blows me away that, uh, that Jim was on and a big shout out to Tom Zielinski for making that happen at fourfestevents.com. And, uh, we're going to have more, uh, Jeep people, uh, on in the future. So, Hey, be sure and subscribe to, to our show. So you don't miss the latest content, you know, tell a friend, uh, as well. We really, really appreciate it whenever you, uh, you tell a friend, oh, and, uh, take a moment and go over to, uh, Instagram and uh, follow us uh, because, uh, you know, you may get some information about upcoming guests. Uh, even the day before, we're having a big guest <laughs> on the, on the, uh, the question and answer of the, the Zoom meeting that we, uh, we have Tuesday 8 p.m. that uh, Chris mentioned before. And that's real easy. All you have to do is just go to uh, Instagram.com slash Jeep Talk Show or just search for Jeep Talk Show on any of your favorite social media platforms. 
Well, Chris, until next week, thanks a lot for being here with us. And it's always fun talking to you here on the, uh, we like to call them the bookends for the, uh, for the interviews. And uh, hopefully you have a, a great week. Absolutely. You too. Podcasting since 2010. 